live from the two studios of Cogito Ergo Oro's podcast network. Uh, it's Monday Night Live. Everyone say hello to the fans. Hello. hello. Copen. <laughs> what? Copen, the Cogito Ergo Orgo um, podcast network. Copen or Copen. Well, there you go. Wow. Wow. We'll uh we'll coming up with these killer acronyms yes, right sir. off yeah. the fly. Yeah. For real, for real. Um so yeah. learn how to abbreviate for you guys. Coping. <laughs> um so yeah, live tonight with Monday Night Live. And uh Caitlin Clark is the best athlete in the world, I think. One has I to think, say. I think that that's a fair statement, yeah. Anybody uh anybody have anything to add to that? Otherwise, we can just move on. Woman of the year. Nope um honestly man of the year too like if she was on our men's team she'd be the best keegan's pretty good too though <laughs> she'd at least be better than oh boy the list is long jordan bohannon connor mccaffrey yep maybe patrick on the nights when patrick doesn't look very I, good i know like let's be real here not no you don't jump from Connor and Jaybo to Patrick. Patrick's probably well, Patrick one of on the three best nights. players on the Okay, team. all right. I'll, I'll take that one back. You can say that about any, you can say that about anyone. Honestly. Than Austin Cash. Oh, absolutely. I I um, so like that's like saying that the sun came up this morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Rubrasha mm-hmm. is okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we we kind of get into the uh, apples to oranges let sometimes. Me, but let me back this up. Caitlin Clark is not better. Then the Murray twins, yep, and Patrick McCaffrey, yep, and I guess that's it. I think the the most appropriate take is that she is like if you gave her the opportunity, I think she could contribute more to Iowa's men's team than at least one of their current scholarship players, and probably multiple. Oh, yeah, like well, three of them. Yeah, yeah. That's just like a given. Yes. Not so. Yeah. I mean, she's better at the exact thing that makes Jabo good supposedly so like shooting three yeah i mean you have to ask if she'd be able to shoot the men's ball as well and that's true i forget you know? i forget as a woman i forget i have to use I think it yeah. so much more to the point where like enough off of her three-point shooting ability to make her out of three-point shooter. she'd have to take She'd have to be a little closer to the three point line. Right. I don't, she couldn't be shooting it from the logo. Yeah. 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 I mean, at that point, though, she's, she's, yeah. She, yeah. With the range that she's shown, she's mm-hmm. still taking deep threes, probably with the men's oh, ball. Oh, yeah. Um, which is more than we can say for pretty much everyone on Iowa's yeah, current yeah. team. The weird, current. Jayla's supposed to be a good three point shooter. Yeah. The Iowa. Yeah. At least as of yesterday, the worst three point shooting team in the Big Ten this year. Which, if you watch them, is not surprising. But if you have watched Iowa over the past few years, that is surprising because they've been an exceptionally good three-point shooting team for the past few years before this. Yeah, we lost a lot of really good shooters. Um, And, I mean, and then we lost, like, Jordan Bohannon lost all of his – all of his, like, his skill went down – his annoying meter went way up. You have to ask, did he lose his mojo <clears throat> when he got punched in the face? I'd argue he lost it before, before that even, that, yeah. but 
that definitely didn't slow the process down. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> Will is uh, Will is Will is trying to freshen the air in the room that in the studio that we're sitting in right I now, and he's trying. I do apologize for our uh, Patreon Gold Plus Premium Plus viewers. Sometimes the smell that comes through on those on those podcasts is a little bit not very good, so we're gonna freshen it up real quick. Yeah. Oh there you go brought to you by febreze glade. sorry glade um we would take <laughs> we have a conflict yeah. You, can yeah. glade, you can sponsor us please um yeah. don't fight over us uh we know everyone is clamoring to sponsor us but that's got that's like powerful it cinnamon is, yeah wow I like it. it's a good smell yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was post play. Um, <laughs> and three point shooting. We talked about Jabo too much. It stunk it up in here. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously, starting off, you know, Caitlin Clark, you know, fresh off of a 46 point game against yep. number six Michigan, unfortunately, in a loss. Um, but basically, single handedly led a fourth quarter comeback that, uh, it didn't bring the game all the way down to the wire, but made uh, made the Michigan fans a little, little nervous, I guess we'll say. I think that if you totaled up all of the points that I ever had a hand in in all of the sports through all my years of high school, I don't think I would score 46 points. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I mean, were you as much of a ball hog as Caitlin Clark is? I've heard. No, I've I heard... didn't want the ball. Okay. I've, I've heard people say that she's a ball hog. Well, when um, you can score every time you touch it. Yeah. I mean, LeBron is also a ball hog, but. Yeah. But people aren't mad at him for that. Right. It's, Next it's, thing you know, Caitlin. It's mainly and... like Iowa State fans like showing yeah. up and being like, oh, look, at, she's such a ball hog. Like if she wasn't a ball hog. I don't know. Iowa would, would be yeah, like yeah. Iowa, their record would be reversed, yes. probably. Um, but <clears throat> I wish Keegan Murray was more of a ball hog. Yeah, honestly. <clears throat> but yeah, unfortunately, the women took a took a loss, but it was a really good game. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, Caitlin Clark now getting the attention of celebrities like Trey Young and. Uh, Earlier today, Mr. Beast, for all of you uh, YouTube Gamers. content Wait, fans. He's not a gamer. I mean, he does. He he's plays games. Gamer. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, 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 says he's a fake gamer. All right. Deep dive next week on <laughs> the real <laughs> fake gamers. All right. Will, there it is. Will, a certified real gamer. Yeah. Knows okay. Gamer. So, so fake fake gamer mr beast also um uh one of the one of the most popular most followed youtubers um Mm -hmm. not necessarily known for his uh sports fan fandom um was so impressed that he he's going to be tuning into iowa games for the rest of the year it sounds like so it's um, only only a couple more weeks and LeBron James will be sending out a Caitlin Clark, little LeBron. Yeah. Like, yeah. Reminding me like Caitlin Clark, reminding me a lot of a, a younger me. Yeah. Right. He's like a couple weeks anyway. the old, like the old, let me compliment this. Yeah. Yeah. 
the old let me compliment this person by complimenting myself essentially like Mm -hmm. man I remember when I was younger and I was really good too (laughs) that's 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 the classic LeBron you know uh, MJ doesn't have to tweet it he just is good that's for all you LeBron stands out there (laughs) you got to start thinking about these things I mean yeah Twitter wasn't really a thing okay all right uh, hey, I'm I'm as much of a LeBron hater as anyone, so I shouldn't say that. But <laughs> I shouldn't say that. But um, a LeBron disliker. Yes, not, a, a, he is just not a LeBron stand. I am not Best a LeBron stand. Not a LeBron stand. Yes. yes. So um, I am a Caitlin Clark stand, uh-huh. though. Well, she what she's like the most fun basketball player to watch in the world right now okay i mean you're right are, what are, are, are we are we gonna turn this into one of those exchanges <laughs> right now yeah i'm just saying that it, even if caitlin clark and i went head to head and she dunked on me 80 times which isn't really her thing but even if she did you should i should still be your favorite player to watch well, I didn't. I didn't say that. That wasn't oh, true. Taylor, yeah. Are you saying that you're a player? I'm saying. Oh, oh, oh. I have played sports before in my life. Breaking news: Taylor played sports before. I much like Caitlin Clark. I um, was on a basketball team. I wouldn't say I play to the same capacity that she does. You're my favorite basketball player of all time, Taylor. Yes. Um, Thanks, LeBron, for fishing really hard for that compliment right there. (laughs) Um, Anyway. Taylor Taylor out here being like, Caitlin Clark reminds me a lot of myself from high school. (laughs) So, so yeah. (laughs) Iowa women's uh, Caitlin Clark uh, raising the profile of women's basketball um so yeah i mean so relevant honestly like she's so good that we've devoted this much time to talking about women's basketball which is yeah like a big deal it's a big deal i mean but i mean honestly in a lot of ways it's it's not like just us it's a lot of uh outlets espn other places putting up a lot of posts and getting a lot of attention (laughs) um yeah, she's awesome. She's, she's sensational. Um, rather elite. Yeah. She's like already like if she just never played again, she's like already in like the in the potential realm of like best athlete ever at yeah. Iowa. I feel like we better stop recruiting <clears throat> girls who are so good at basketball because they're not going to have any numbers left after we have to retire. That's all true. Of their Megan Gustafson. Yep. Caitlin Clark's number is going to be retired. Five, five years from now, we're going to have, you know, someone checking in number 196. Exactly, like, yeah. yeah. I don't think the rest will allow that because I don't think they can be denying, but. Well, like they could, they could, they they'll would, have they to could, expand. I mean, they could allow like 112, but not like 196. Well, 112. Officiating expert Will over here. It's like um, that episode of The Office where um, Jim is like, but what about like six? And Dwight's like, I could see that. Yeah. And yeah. What about seven? Four hundred ninety-seven. <laughs> yeah. It could be a possibility. <laughs> Will Will's sounding like the type of person to like 
complain if he saw like somebody checking in with the number nine yes. on their jersey like hey ref ref <laughs> hold on they're not abiding by I, uniform regulations I'm over here out, i'm looking out for my people who are deaf and they can't hear the ref talking and so they need those hand signals okay okay i'm, I'm looking out for them what why can they not use nine because if you do like this this is confusing Okay. Okay. This is like for all, yeah, for all Patreon of you listening to the podcast yeah. right now, yeah, Will's actually holding up nine yes. fingers. Yep. Okay, but we probably don't need to okay. to yeah, talk yeah, too yeah. much about the I hand signals anymore. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, moving on to, I guess we already kind of started talking about them. We can do a brief rundown of, uh, Iowa men's basketball, just like what they've been up to this week. The women, women seem lost two games. Yeah. Caitlin dropped 40 plus, I believe in both of Mm -hmm. them. Um, before the games got started, mm -hmm. one of my high school teachers sang the national anthem for the boys team so anyway english valleys is famous shout out mrs bronze if you're listening oh that's she got remarried that's not her name anymore um well that's what i know her as well anyway um she got a shout out anyway so she did a great job shout out mrs got our got our boys real excited to go out and win a game they did and they and they went out and won yeah they did home game against they they beat minnesota um uh so they were down by four at halftime but then they only allowed 21 points in the second half they Uh, remembered the beautiful national anthem and it revived their spirit exactly yeah exactly yeah they probably did yeah she actually was in the locker room probably just serenading them probably with our nations so it worked it yeah, worked because they came on played a lot better they uh for i i mean i shouldn't say for the first time in forever i feel like it's a little bit hyperbolic to say that <laughs> but iowa's defense actually yeah. came to play on um, on a basketball court outside influencing factor fran mccaffrey out for covid protocols he was which let gives which gives a whole bunch of fuel to all of the like least creative people in the Iowa fan base to be like, oh now that Fran's out, we can play defense. Oh, we we, we can't we can't play defense when Fran's coaching, yeah, but when he's out, Fran, we play good defense. Fran really holding us back there with that yeah. offensive coaching. You have to, yeah. I mean, gotta ask. The other the other take coming out of it is that Connor didn't play. Because he also well, didn't play, and we won, and so Iowa one and zero in the last one games that Connor McCaffrey hasn't played in. So, um, I mean, sometimes Connor McCaffrey is on the court, but he never really plays. So well, I don't know how that argument works. That's a good point. But yeah, Josh, were you able to tune into any of the games over the weekend? No. Hi, everybody. I am here. Yes. I am part of the podcast. Yes. I did not leave. I'm still a member of the podcast. Um, the Patreon Plus viewers. I did not watch any of the games. I potentially could have gone to one of them, but I ended up not. <laughs> Sorry at this point. Why didn't you go, Josh? What What else could you possibly have been doing that? Uh... I, I actually don't remember. 
Well, there you he go. He doesn't That's even our remember. Podcast for the day, folks. Yeah. Um, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Hunter, live from Iowa City, has attended zero Iowa athletics events recently. Josh, we, we need you to do a little bit more legwork on the ground out there. We need you to, yeah. to give us the – there's something different about when you're uh, sitting in Carver 600 miles away from the court um, and, like, having to, like, try to wait, I don't know, 100, 100 hours for the, yeah. for the bathrooms to get, you know, emptied out or anything like that. Just Carver's such a wonderful – Yeah. A wonderful venue to be at i don't know how how you could ever live with not being yeah. at these games it's really convenient to get to <clears throat> yep um really really fun um all-around experience yeah yes so uh man live from the ground in iowa city josh uh unable to to take in the games but uh, so Josh is learning about these games just as much as you are right now on the podcast, <laughs> right? Is that is that correct? I did see the final score of both the Penn State and the Minnesota game. So there you go. I so, do know a little bit. Okay, I'm I guess. I guess since Josh brought it up, we can also address the the Iowa Penn State game because that was happening while we were taping our last episode. That's true. But it had not quite ended yet. I don't yeah. think when we finished up um and they lost yeah so um <laughs> connor mccaffrey dropped 12 massive points in the first half and then he hurt his shoulder and honestly maybe this isn't one of my two takes but just throwing it out there maybe he's like i'll just go out on top i'll fake a shoulder injury right after my my best shooting half in in my career yeah. and then just be like oh no i can't i can't shoot anymore but we'll always have that one last half where I looked like I was actually a good offensive basketball player. <laughs> Anybody else think that, that that's a possibility here? I, yeah, I really think it I is. I do know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to ask. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to wonder. It's kind of like Russell Wilson, but mm-hmm. a little bit different. Yeah. Because Russell Wilson didn't end well. I had to reach out to Connor and um, give him an opportunity to say something on our podcast. That's it. That, <laughs> Connor, come and clear the air for us here. Yes. A lot yeah, of people yeah. are a lot of people are asking right now. Um, did you fake the the shoulder injury? No, no, no shaming, uh-huh. no shame for any yeah. injuries. Honestly, I would say if you feel like you need to fake the injury for the rest of the year, I support <laughs> you in that pursuit. So so Connor, if you're listening, um, give us a call. We'll let you on the pod. Yeah. Um, might even give you a free Patreon gold plus uh platinum plus or whatever Will was saying. Yeah. Gold plus platinum. So gold plus premium platinum plus. Pre- premium premium platinum, platinum plus. Sorry. <laughs> the, the the classic triple P. You just yeah. get you just get lost in the yeah. in the cycle every now and then. But it just gets more exclusive. Yeah. Week. It does. Yeah. But, yep. So that was that was basically what happened. Other note. Other than the the Fran news, I think one other notable thing from this past game is Joe Toussaint benched yeah. and also put basically at the bottom of the guard rotation for the team. Yeah. So not only was he benched, but he came off the bench after um, Aaron Euless oh. as well, which yeah. Aaron Euless has been playing fine, so I don't really okay. have a ton of problems with that, but... 
You um, didn't even mention the worst person to have starting in front of it. It's just Jordan Bohan. I, <laughs> I, okay. So I've been trying really hard not to, like, I'm trying, I, I'm trying everybody just realize how hard that this is for me you don't to not to just blame everything <laughs> on Jordan Bohannon. Like I, so I, when I was like my freshman year, his freshman year, 25 years ago, yes. um, in, in college, um, I was a big Jordan Bohannon fan for uh-huh. that year. And then I would say, I would say up through the junior year, I was a fan of Jordan Bohannon. I was a huge fan of him his freshman year and then i was i i I liked him through the sophomore and junior year um now that he's on his like third senior year though um i feel like he's gotten worse every single year not just from not not from like a basketball perspective although that's true as well but like a i just don't really i don't know i just i don't really care for him as a personality did caitlin clark monstar him you have to ask the question. Did he, uh, I mean, the timing. So my argument would be no, because why would she need to? That's true. Good point. Um, how much could that really add? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh, suddenly Caitlin doesn't play any defense. No. Um, uh, so, no, I don't want to blame everything on Jordan Bohannon, but I do remember at the beginning of the year when when it was first announced that he was coming back for this extra year mm-hmm. that there were there were articles written about how he and they, like this he was he was quoted as saying that like this because there's questions about him coming back is that going to prompt some of the other guards and on the team to transfer because they thought they were going to get playing time right. but, and now they won't be getting that same yeah. amount of playing time and Fran and Bohannon were both quoted as saying, like, it's Joe Toussaint's team. Mm-hmm. Bohannon's going to s- step to the side and, like, he's just going to fill a certain role. Yeah. And clearly that is not exactly what has happened. And so, like, I feel like it's fair to be a little bit aggravated or irritated by that because I don't think Bohannon's played very well. Mm-hmm. Like, he's played worse this year than any other year by his standards, like, yeah. by his pl- standard of play. And I don't think that Joe Tucson has been that bad. No, I and was like, going to say, like... I don't know why they're, like, why the thought was, oh, here's the issue. Let's take Joe Tucson yeah. out and put Jordan Bohannon back at point guard. Right. And there have <clears> been, <throat> like, times when Joe Tucson could be a liability on the court. He just, I think, sometimes gets a little out of control but I feel like that has gone down a lot this season compared to other seasons. Yeah. Like in seasons past, there were times where you were like, uh-oh, Joe Toussaint taking the ball down the court at full yeah. speed. I know this is a turnover. And I don't feel like it's been that bad this season. Yeah, part of it is I feel like he doesn't play like ever. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I don't really know. Yeah, I guess you can't turn it over if you don't get to play. He does it's not like he doesn't That's ever play. He's definitely, he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't get it. I don't really know. Cause I feel like he's been fine. Like he's not a great shooter, but like nobody on the team, it's not like Bohannon's been lighting right. the world yeah. on fire this year. Um, he has been lighting our hearts on fire by still playing after. seven. That's years. true. Our, our hearts are on fire right now. I'm happy about it. <laughs> Will is, 
breaking news, Will is unhappy about his heart being on fire because of Jordan Bohannon. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. That's news to monitor going forward. I think there's some speculation, maybe, I don't, you know, because of how suddenly it changed and how far down the, the rotation he fell, there is like speculation. Oh, is he hurt or something like that? But yeah. then the fact that he even played yesterday and he came in and made a really nice hustle play in like the first minute that he was on the court. And so like, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's something to monitor going forward at least. Um, but that, that was a change. Um, the other takeaway is like Keegan Murray was just like awesome, like across the board yesterday. I mean, he, he's kind of been, a little bit less awesome lately that compared to what he just had a couple games where he was shooting at a lower percentage than he had been, but he was dominant yesterday on both ends and was very, very much a, an example of why he's a potential first team all American at this point, his national player of the year. I don't think he has really much of a chance unless Iowa rent like, won the rest of their games basically. And he averaged like 30 points a game. Um, and the reason is because it's more Iowa's team success hasn't been awesome as opposed to like his numbers. So if you think Keegan Murray, if you, you know, if you really want him to win the national player of the year, I'm just going to tell you right now, it's probably not going to happen. Um, but he's awesome and enjoy him because he's definitely going to the NBA after this season or he should, but he is supposed to be a top 10 pick. I yeah, yeah. If you this is I've I've read this this sentiment from people. Keegan Murray is ready for the NBA. I don't want to hear anyone be like, oh, I think he'd be better off with the like I, I have you seen the kit the, like how unprepared some of these people they go to the NBA. It's better for them to be in the NBA earlier to get that coaching and get accustomed to the the speed of the game also on top of it like do you know like have you ever watched an nba game like he's like exactly the type of player that's more nba ready than almost anyone else so i don't want to i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear from anyone like oh no like every time keegan has like a semi decent ish game instead of like an awesome game everyone's like i don't know if he's ready for the league and it's like be quiet. I don't, you don't watch basketball enough to be commenting this sort of thing. So, but, but do Iowa fans really want him to go to the league? No. Well, I don't, I mean, like selfishly as an Iowa fan, I would love to have him back next year, but uh, at the same time, he's going to be a lottery pick at this point. Like there's no reason for him to stay. That's true. That's true. Um, so yeah, that's, that's college or Iowa basketball. Anybody have any other thoughts on the Hawks specifically before we move on to just some general college basketball talk for just a little bit? All right. Nobody got anything. So this morning, new AP poll out and stuff like that. Also this past weekend, I got to watch a lot of college basketball. Um, and so now I, I have an idea. I can sort some of these teams into tiers. I actually have a pretty good idea of which teams are good, which teams are like awesome, which teams are a bit of the rest, which I would say Iowa falls into that third category at this point. Um, but really quick, 
you know, I'm not going to go through the, the actual AP poll rankings, um, but I'm just going to give you my tiers right now and we'll see how this plays out over the next few weeks. As we're speaking right now, I don't know exactly what the score is at this point, but I, as of a little bit ago, Duke was losing at home to Virginia. Whoa. They are still losing. I just pulled it up. Whoa. They are still losing to Virginia, which is a team that Iowa beat earlier this year. Oh, so uh, Iowa fans be rooting for the Cavs, yeah. the Cavaliers from Virginia, not Cleveland. Yes, um, I, uh, I mean, LeBron's not on there anymore, so I, I – I, I can I can tolerate it. I mean, it. LeBron didn't really root for them when he was on the team. LeBron was a really big fan of LeBron back you're in right, the day. You're right, so, you're right. well, anyways, so I'm just gonna go run through it real quick. Maybe just have these teams in your mind going forward. So, championship favorites. I think like this is a tier of teams. Like these are the teams where that are likely like the champion is likely to come out of this group. The tournament is unpredictable. Like, that's the caveat. Like, there's the chance. But the, the teams that are, like, in contention for, like, that one seed or teams that are going to be final four, you know, the final four picks. Auburn, they're, all, they're really good. Um, I think that <clears throat> they are very talented. They're very deep. I don't know if they're, like, supremely disciplined, but they have a lot of talent. And uh, they they just keep winning, so they, they know how to win games in a lot of different ways. And I've been I've been impressed by them. They're definitely deserving number one. So Auburn is definitely in that category. Number two, Gonzaga. I would consider them in that category as well. Uh, I've been pretty impressed by them when I watch. They just are very deep. Uh, I'm not a, like personally. I'm not a huge Chet Holmgren fan, and I'm not really a huge Drew Timmy fan individually. But their team has a lot of talent. Um, honestly. And this might seem a little crazy. They might be mm, – I, I don't want to I don't want to jump too far ahead, but they might be better than last year's Gonzaga team, which might sound heretical to a lot of people because last year's Gonzaga team was undefeated until they played. Um, I think this year's team has a higher ceiling than last year's team. Um, that seems fair. Yeah. But, well, I'll have to watch a little bit more of them going forward. But they've been, they've been very good. Um, Purdue, I number three, I would also consider them in the championship favorites. Super deep, a lot of really good ta- – like, I mean, a lot of high-end talent. Jaden Ivey's awesome, but they have, you know, bigs, a couple bigs that are sensational. But they're also super deep. Like, they, have, they can go, like, nine, ten guys deep, and all ten of them are, like, good players. You know, like, they're not, they're not just thrown out there to, to eat up minutes. I like that's that this, this is a pretty unique thing. I, I would say to Purdue, like I would say nine of their top 10 guys could probably start for most teams. Um, so they're very good. They're, they're a little, they're a little hit or miss. I feel like as a team, but they're kind of starting to come together. And when they, when their peak is very high, if they, if they, if they're playing well, they're very hard to beat. Um, Arizona, I would say, is not in the championship tier, in my opinion. They are in the next tier of I squint and I could see that I could see them winning it, but I would not expect them. Like they're 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 a good team, I would say, but they're not a great team. But they are, you know, they're number four. They've earned that ranking. Kentucky at five. I was not a fan of them at first. I'm slotting them in the championship contenders at this point, though. I have been very impressed by them. I've watched them a few games. Um, They have – they just have a very good – 
they've blended together very well as a team. I was little, I didn't think that they were a phenomenal, like assortment of talent, but they actually fit really well together. Oscar Shibwe is an absolute animal rebounding. Like he is unbelievable rebounding. Um, and he gets a ton of rebounds. I think he leads the country in rebounds, um, but he is dominant on the boards. Yeah, they're a really good team. I, I actually, um, as they've gelled together, I've started really liking uh, the makeup of their team. So I think Kentucky's legit. Um, and then, so Houston is number six. I would not have them in that category. I would bump them down. I don't think Houston is a legit contender i mean they're they're good but they're they're like a team that maybe final four is kind of where i see them and then duke obviously i picked him to win the national championship that was one of my takes like several pods ago when they are right they are incredibly good and when they're not but they're, they're their problem is they're inconsistent and so like that would be what would can would that would be what would hold them back i guess so I would say there are five like big time contenders. Um, and then below that, I'll just rattle off a few teams really quick. Um, Illinois, I think Illinois is really good. Um, they're not ranked super high right now, but I would say don't sleep on Illinois. Um, don't sleep on Baylor just because of the pedigree. They've won championships before. I know they don't have a lot of those guys they used to have. Um, UCLA, tough again um, this year, but. I don't think that they're incredible. I think they're they're good, but I don't, I don't know if they're at that level. So um, other teams just don't, like, don't sleep on um, Texas. I think they have a lot of talent, and if they ever figured out how to play well together, they could they could challenge for a championship. Um, they're kind of a they're kind of that. I, I say Texas as kind of like a dark horse out. Not even in like this is like a tier below the tier of the other teams that I was just talking about, like UCLA and Arizona and stuff. Um, Texas is kind of like that dark horse. Like I could see them making a run to the final four, even though they're not really playing anything like that at this point. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of um, college basketball right now. The I'll run through again one more time. The, the big contenders, Auburn, Gonzaga, Purdue, Kentucky, and Duke. Those are the, those are the five big dogs right now. Um, although Duke, who knows, they might lose tonight, um, right as we're recording this. But they're, they're, <clears throat> this is a probably a good example where you're talking about that prone to consistency or inconsistency kind of thing. Yeah. Um, with Duke, is they'll have really great games like where they can play well with the top dogs, and then they lose to like a Virginia or like a. I don't remember NC State earlier this year, I think. So mm-hmm. yeah, they they've they've had a some kind of head scratching losses because they'll have games like I think of this past weekend. I mean, they played North Carolina. I don't think North Carolina is awesome this year, but they went on the road. <clears throat> they went on the road to North Carolina, which is always a you know a big deal. And North Carolina is like they're not that good, but they are better than they have been in their worst years recently. Um and they went in and they just from the from the get go just dominated that game. And they they've got I mean five star guys out the wazoo on that roster right now, including my man Paolo Boncaro. But uh, yeah, I, I like I think Duke has a very high ceiling. But like you know, like Will just mentioned, and and we've kind of talked about 
it's being exemplified right now. I think they have a fairly low floor, which could definitely <clears throat> could definitely come back to bite you in the tournament, especially. You've got to be right. at the top of your game. Yeah, when you're facing against a team that just is trying their best to get an upset, you yeah, got, you got to be consistently good to be, to be a champion. Exactly, exactly. So, anybody have any other thoughts on just the college basketball scene? I know I just talked for a while, but uh, I just I, as somebody who spent a lot of time watching college basketball this weekend, um, I thought now it would be a fairly appropriate time for me to just give my my general thoughts on college basketball as a whole, and so. Josh, what do you got for us? All right. Um, I agree. I think Illinois, as long as Toki's healthy, can contend, like can make a legitimate run in the tournament. But without him, they're like they're not good. For sure. For sure. I think they're good without him, but they're they're definitely like levels below what they are with him. Yeah. But um yeah, they're they're tough. Illinois, yeah, getting uh, getting Kofi back, and um, they had a transfer. Um, I think it's Alfonso. I know his last name is Plummer. Um, I don't know if it's Alonzo or I think it's Alfonso. But um, really good shooter. Just been a really good addition. He isn't he isn't Io Desumu, who they lost. Um, he he doesn't play the same way, but he's filled in um, and helped negate some of that loss on the perimeter for them uh and yeah they're they're a really good team i i've i've been impressed by um illinois uh makeup this year honestly almost as much as i was i would say that like they impressed me this year maybe at the same level as their team last year who got ended up getting a one seed so and they did lose in the second round to loyola but um now io desumu starring on the chicago bulls so bull down. The next Michael Jordan. The next Michael Jordan. <laughs> that seems fair. Fair to me. Uh, any? I think the next Alex Caruso is a better way to describe. Ooh, that's yeah. Well, that's a pretty high bar, honestly. Um, let's 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 be realistic. The next Michael Jordan. Let's be real. <laughs> let's 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 scale it back a little bit. Um, anybody else have any other thoughts on college basketball? So in the meantime, awesome. So we can we can run through really quickly. College football obviously has been off for you know weeks at this point, but uh, it is the off season. There's some you know there's some news that's happened in the past week. So one of the things, Caleb Williams transferring to USC, announcing that. Um, anybody have any immediate thoughts on the Caleb Williams to USC news? Oklahoma's going down the drain. I think that's what a lot of people are thinking right now is that Oklahoma is rough. I don't know if they're going to drop off as much as people think that they are, but clearly um, it doesn't help to, to lose uh, Caleb Williams. Although they did replace him with Dylan Gabriel from UCF, who was very productive in the AAC. He was, he was, I'm not, I'm not, that's not a joke. Um, I, but he's yeah he's definitely a step down in terms of uh, top end top tier talent. Uh, he's not necessarily the the modern NFL prototype type of quarterback. I I wouldn't say Caleb Williams is the prototype that you t- typically think of for the NFL, but in the modern day, he is what NFL teams are starting to 
to value. Whereas Dylan Gabriel is just like a very good college quarterback who could maybe stick in the NFL as like a backup or, you know, impress, you know, maybe he gets in, but his ceiling is much lower from a professional standpoint than Caleb Williams. Yeah. My thoughts on it were basically, yeah, USC is going to be, I don't know if they're going to be like great their first year, um, but it's, it's more of a, um, harbinger of things to come the fact that he's already been able to get Caleb Williams out there that'll help that'll that will definitely help them in the short term as far as success goes but like USC is there I mean I'm not sure exactly how high they'll ascend but they're going to be up there in terms of like playoff teams uh within an I would say two to three years um under Lincoln Riley like they, they've been a solid-ish Pac-12 program, um, but especially now that Mario Cristobal is out at Oregon, um, Oregon's probably going to take a slight step back for a little bit, and USC is going to, under Lincoln Riley, they're going to they're going to dominate the, the West Coast from a recruiting standpoint. And, yeah, they'll be, they'll be challenging for playoff spots, even if the playoff doesn't expand. Uh, when I would say within two to three years, and it may have even accelerated a little bit since they got Caleb Williams, but uh, notable. I think a lot of people thought he was going to go there um, when they found out that he was, when he announced that he was transferring. Um, but there was some, there was some debate. Uh, there is, or a little bit of, of doubt at one point there was, there seemed to be momentum that he was going to go to Wisconsin which would have been awful for us oh, as Iowa fans, but uh, why would you go to Wisconsin? Uh, somebody put up like a huge diagram, basically like he, his dad and he himself had like connections to like, like close, like high school team connections to players and coaches on their staff. Like he was very good uh, friends with know. somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was, there was that connection. And then Wisconsin, demonstrated the mutual interest to try to get him there, but he ended up going to USC. I wish Iowa would go into the portal and try to get quarterbacks, but that's a, that's a, that's a different discussion for another day, but. Um, I bet the SEC is really happy to know that Oklahoma and Texas are both just absolutely floundering after they assign them to those contracts. I mean, so like we, we'll talk more about this, I would say in future episodes, but I will say um i'm not on board with texas like i don't want to be the guy who's like up texas is back you know they're definitely gonna get preseason ranked like 15 or something Mm -hmm. like that and then they're probably gonna way underperform that like that's been the the mode of operation there um but i do think in the in the nil era and give sarkeesian a year or two i would say to to rebuild that program i could see them especially with the quinn ewers transfer if he if he hits and he's very good um right away uh, they could be very competitive in in the big 12 i don't they're not they're not playoff championship contenders by any means yet but in the big 12 especially with oklahoma regressing a little bit i could see a world where texas is challenging for a big 12 championship next year don't count on it. I'm just saying I'm zagging a little bit because I'm usually very anti-Texas, but I, I, I think that maybe some people might overshoot this year on, on under like 
expecting them to underperform and they actually might be decent. So we'll talk way more about that in the future, but that's just my thought right now is that Texas, I think relative to the rest of the big 12, which is basically just relative to Oklahoma is in a better spot now by a long shot than they were like a couple months ago. And a lot of that has to do with Oklahoma being a lot weaker than they, than they were a couple months ago, but um. Yeah. Any any other thoughts, really quick, just on what was said right there? I'm not saying Texas is back. I'm not saying Texas is back. You need to clarify that. But I, Texas is back. They're not. I'm not even saying they might be back. I'm just saying Texas might not be the furthest thing from back at this point. You hear it in the distance, Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> I'm just saying, you might be hearing some of that. Yeah. In, in, in you, you can hear the all right, all right, all rights in the, in the, on the horizon. So, right. other, other oh, news. Wait. Oh, Josh, go for it. Really quick. Um, LSU is the opposite of that. Yeah. Well, why do you say that? I'll talk about it later. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll get back to that really quick then. Uh, I, I, I assume two takes. Is that what you're – okay. We'll leave that for later. Really quick, Josh, as our recruiting expert, you got any thoughts about Texas A&M's recruiting class now that that's all, all wrapped up? It's one for the record books. Um, I mean, it's not quite as insane as it could have been, but, um, like, with Harold Perkins, like, he committing to somewhere else. Uh, a couple other bigger groups that they were in the mix for went somewhere else. Uh, but it's still insane. Like, my personal top offensive and defensive recruits both went um, to Texas a They got a few other five stars, a few other four stars. It's a good it's a good class. Who is your top offensive guy? Evan Seward. Oh, okay. Receiver. So, yeah, they, 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 got, some, they got some dudes – on that team, their defensive line in particular, their defensive line recruiting this year, sensational. Um, adding Shamar Stewart on signing day, um, which I don't think was was a lock by any means going into the day. Uh, that's a that's a big win for them. Uh, so yeah, they <clears throat> at least according to twenty four seven composite, which I would say is definitely the most. Um, legitimate i think 24 7 sports and rivals are clearly like the top two and then espn is like so like like just to illustrate this it's like red bull mercedes rivals um rivals in 24 7 and then it's like haas's formula three team and that's espn's recruiting um recruiting uh website so um, but 24-7 sports composite rankings has this as the best recruiting class of all time um, wow. by their rankings, beating out last year's Alabama uh, recruiting class, which um, I believe had beat out the 2017 Alabama recruiting class, which had guys like Tua, Najee Harris, Jalen Waddell, Alex Leatherwood. Like if you go through that class, it's unbelievable that recruiting class um now that we've seen it play out but uh yeah a uh, big 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 uh year big recruiting year for uh texas a&m so it'll be it'll be interesting to watch how they develop 
as a as a contender over the next couple of years. Um, so, other than that, um, Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator for Michigan, um, decided to leave Michigan and go to Miami instead. Um, so, so well, as offensive coordinator, it's a lateral move uh, from. So, which is a little surprising. So, for for context, Josh Gaddis won the Broyles Award as the top assistant coach in America last year. Um, the other context that's relevant, obviously, the Jim Har- so Jim Harbaugh um, staying, staying. Yeah. So yeah. we were, I guess, we we're gonna get to that. We were gonna get to that later, but might as well talk about it now. Jim Harbaugh flirted with the NFL, definitely wanted to be in the NFL, but apparently interviewed very poorly with the Vikings um, and they didn't give him the job. And so now he's coming back to Michigan, having essentially had one and a half feet out the door. Um, But now he, you know, coming back to Michigan in a very humbled circumstance. Um, But I think Gaddis leaving Michigan, not, not necessarily just because of Harbaugh's, interest in the NFL, but apparently during that time period, he wasn't very happy with the way Michigan, the, the interest that they express or lack thereof in promoting him to head coach if Harbaugh were to leave. And so he moved, he's moving from um, Michigan to Miami, which is also relevant because uh, Mario Cristobal, who's now Miami's head coach, former Oregon head coach, um, had been catching a lot of criticism for not having signed an offensive coordinator for a while. And there was a lot of debate about whether or not he'd be able to assemble a good staff because he's, he's kind of known as uh, a very, very much of like a control freak. And he doesn't give his, his coaches a ton of leeway. He's, he's very, he, he micromanages a lot of the aspects of the team. And that, that's just, this is just like stuff that people have said. Um, and to go from, you know, all this criticism with him not being able to land an offensive coordinator to landing the top offense or top assistant in America last year, at least, you know, by media members, um, is, is a pretty big, is a pretty big, is a pretty big shift. So it's, a, it's, it's just some context that makes it kind of an interesting story. But what were you going to say, Will? I don't know. Brian Ferentz. And I, I think talking. the media chose Josh Gaddis, but. Brian Ferentz is never number one in my heart. <laughs> Football people know Brian Ferentz, really. Yes. Um, They're not happy about him, but they know him. Okay, rumor mill. I, I, I don't want to go on too many tangents here. There is, like, legitimate, legitimate smoke. I don't think this is actually going to happen, but there's, like, legitimate smoke to Brian Ferentz potentially looking at NFL jobs. Well, I told you months <laughs> ago. I... I don't think I don't want to say I told you so until it happens, but yeah, it wouldn't be as like an offensive coordinator, but potentially just like a you know, like an offensive assistant coach. Yeah, oh, it it counts even if he's like assistant to the regional manager of quarterback coaches in like the New York Jets. Like, yeah, Yeah. it still counts. No, yeah, so no, I'm just saying. I thought that that would be that'd be I'm relevant that. relevant to some. Um, yeah. it, oh, it is. I don't know if that's going to like if that ever materialized. The team that I've heard is Raiders because he used to work oh. with he used to work with their their new head coach Josh McDaniels in New England. Yeah. 
So that's that this is this is like deep rumors that I have been I've been you know I like to read and, and peruse you know message boards or like deep rumor mill on Twitter stuff like that and so and in a lot of this stuff ends up like actually happening not not all of it but like I'm just saying relevant to some Brian Ferentz might be having a, a an NFL uh a look at the NFL, or they might be having a look at him. I people better cite this blog. So people, yes. people better cite this blog. Credit, credit to Taylor yeah. on on the Cogito Ergo Oro podcast for breaking this news months, months in advance. In advance. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yep. Eat your heart out, Adam Schefter. Yep. Schefter is crying. Shefty is yep. sick. Yep. We've got a new, we've got a new insider here. Yeah. So what's um, more important? Adam Schefter breaking Tom Brady's retirement or me breaking. I mean, I broke my story way, way earlier than yeah. Schefter did. Yeah. There wasn't even any doubt with your story with with the Tom Brady thing. Exactly. People had Schefter, no idea. Schefter, <laughs> almost broke the wrong news yeah it's true it's this true one, i have not heard brian ferentz yeah. come out and deny this no report. no uh. so there you go folks um yep follow follow taylor for all of your sports insider knowledge um she she has never broken news that that wasn't that didn't that didn't have any legs i'll just tell yeah. you that yeah and that's all that a reporter can really do it's true. so um, any any other thoughts on college football from anyone? Uh, uh, one thing I was going to note is NASCAR had a race in a college football stadium this weekend. I watched more NASCAR on Saturday than I have maybe ever in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in the Los Angeles Coliseum. It was, it was the Clash of the Coliseum. The Clash of the Coliseum. So the where the uh, not where the Rose Bowl is. Um, it's where the UCLA plays, I believe. I yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, incredibly small track very short track yeah um it was interesting to watch um i would say i wanted to watch it because i wanted to see what a short like how could you even race on a short track and then after watching it it was just as anticlimactic as i like expected it to be but Uh hoped that it wouldn't be Uh um and so interesting um as a huge formula one and motorsport fan mm-hmm. um i just wanted everyone to know that uh, i'm putting that we were putting our money where our you know our mouth is and we watched a nascar race so um you can you can trust that we know a lot about motorsports mm-hmm. at this point so they are well versed yes in the art of sport motoring yes joey slogano won. joey slogano did win yes so that was on Sunday. Um, I will say, in NASCAR, they get to do really uh, a lot better burnouts than in Formula One because in Formula One they don't get to do that anymore. Yeah, but Formula One's also cool though. Well, yeah, but they're cooler and everything else. But yeah, NASCAR's got the burnouts. That's that's it. true. <laughs> that's true. So, score one for NASCAR. Yeah. They have better burnouts. They do. So score 900 for Formula One. They have better everything else. Yes. Also happening on Sunday, 
the NFL Pro Bowl. Yeah. So that was a thing. It um, literally the worst. I'll. I have a take about it later, so I like. I oh, also have a take about it but later. Good, like, well, I'm sure we'll have different takes on this. Um, I, 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 I'm pretty sure we're going to. <clears throat> the Pro Bowl is a joke. Um, I'll just leave it at that. That's not that's not my take from later, yeah. but it is it is take adjacent. Yeah. So Pro Bowl is a joke. Um, but yeah, that's so that's the thing that happened on Sunday. Um, anybody have any thoughts? Anybody watch the Pro Bowl actually? No. All right. Yep. That. Seems to be a theme across the, the country. Um, so, yeah, other news in the – we can say the NFL for this one. Okay. Um, we'll run through coaching carousel really quick because that's, yeah. that's been going on lately. First thing, most important, I know now that it is pronounced Matt Eberflus, uh-huh. not Eberflus. And I know this is a thing that we talked about last week, and so I wanted to clear it on the air. It is Eberflus until somebody corrects me, um, but I'm pretty sure it's Eberflus. So. Um, as someone with a 47-day streak on my German Duolingo, wow, six flex. I have a comment. Um, so if you're literally translating Eberflus um, from German, which you told us in the last podcast, I believe, or told me on the couch, um, when we were not podcasting <laughs> at one point jake told me that it was german and i said yeah it totally is flus means river or flow yes eber bore so bore river bore down oh it was meant to be um bore down and now we're gonna have to say it I love as it. bore down i love it out. i yeah, love it there you go there's your 10 seconds of German lessons. Boar's head coach. Yeah. Boar River. Boar River. All the uh, all the Germans that watch the NFL are really confused, probably. <laughs> yeah, you think. They're but, like, oh, Boar River. Boar. What's the star? None of us speak German besides you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, um, Anybody else have any any thoughts on Eber on, on the breaking news that his name is pronounced Eberflus? Josh, what do you got? This isn't on the name, um, but I know I used to be against this hire, but the sooner I realized that Matt Nagy was gone, the sooner I realized that pretty much anything's an upgrade. So I'm actually kind of excited. Ayo, I I couldn't have said it better myself, honestly. <laughs> so, um, other news. Uh, so there's a there's a whole situation with Brian Flores um, in the NFL. Uh, I, I I don't I won't get into into it too much because um, I think there's a lot of um, we'll just say sub, it's it's subjective uh, information going you know being being circulated around that. Um, but essentially, um, Brian Flores is alleging. Um, racial discrimination in hiring practices in, in the NFL. And he cited some personal experiences that some, I would say not necessarily super relevant to that side of his case, but others that don't sound great, I guess we'll say. Um, obviously he, you know, it's, it's a, it's a one-sided cause I read, I read the, the lot, the, the brief that was put together for, that he filed 
um obviously that is one side of the story and so um that's just no that's just news i guess that um is relevant but yeah former dolphins head coach brian flores um uh the reason i bring that up not obviously obviously because it's pretty big news um in a lot of ways although i would say it's lost a little bit of its momentum already um what happened tonight that i'm about to tell you tell you about breaking news no i mean in a way yeah what happened tonight i would say doesn't necessarily help his case and it's not it's not anything crazy i'm just gonna like it's just more of a, a pr issue as opposed to like anything bad that actually happened so tonight it was announced that lovey smith former bears head coach was going to be promoted to head coach of the houston texans so um that's i mean bear down bore down bore down on yeah. that one uh, former former <laughs> bears legend lovey smith um but now he is he's been promoted to um head coach of the texans uh brian flores lovey smith is uh is a is black he's he's um a, i mean he is like it's relevant to um, what Brian Flores filed his lawsuit about because he, he was just alleging that, you know, there's discrimination, racial discrimination, and that, you know, systemically the, the NFL doesn't hire coaches of color um, nearly as much as they should, which is, I would say, you can say is debatable. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Um, but with the, with the news that Lovey Smith was hired by the Texans, um, also a man of color, um, Brian Flores released a statement that um, he was happy that Lovey Smith was that, that, you know, the Texans had hired someone like that, but also tacked on at the end of that statement was Brian Flores saying that he, it wasn't him. I was saying it was probably presented by his, his PR team, whoever that might be. Um, uh, and basically said, Brian Flores um, is happy that Lovey's that a, that a you know a coach of color was hired, but that Brian Flores, who was also a candidate for the Texans job, is disappointed that he didn't get the spot, and that the only reason he didn't get the spot is because he raised that lawsuit um, earlier, yeah. which is kind of a. I feel like when you do something like that, that kind of defeats your argument. It's like, okay, do you actually do you actually care about what you're saying you care about, or are you just mad that you didn't get X job? Um, that's just developing story relevant to like a story that's been a big deal, and then literally some news tonight about that. So that's something that happened. Um, I, I don't really want to, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like it's something yeah. to, to draw super strong opinions on at this point, because I think there's more information both ways that can come out. Um, but that is a, a, an emerging story and maybe, you know, that'll be unfolding over the coming weeks and months. And so maybe we'll talk about it, next week may, maybe we'll talk about it more in the yeah. future, but. We are a podcast that uh, does the research before they formulate too many opinions yes so. yeah no hot takes here no. well i never mean, hot, there are hot takes but um for, formulated takes you know formulated formula one hot takes that's true yes yes so um 
So that was something, yeah. So that was something that uh, I was already going to talk about the Flores thing, but then the, the Lovey Smith news broke. So uh, once again, bore down for Lovey. Um, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a Bears fan, I always appreciated Lovey Smith, and I wish that the Bears wouldn't have fired him when they did. Um, alas, it is what it is. Alas, it is what it is, and it's very emblematic of the Bears being who they are. Um, now we have we have Bull River though. We do have we Bull River. River. So yeah. it's like the 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 ver- verbal meme, you know, the dominoes, the big dominoes. Yes. It's just like bears get trigger happy and fire Lovey Smith, mm-hmm. big domino, Bull River. Yeah. Like <laughs> so such a strange like firing Yeah. So yeah. Anybody have any thoughts on on any of the uh coaching situations at this point? Um, most of the coaching vacancies, I believe, I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't know for sure if all of them are at this point. Most of them have gotten filled. I would say that um, there's. I, I mean, there there are numerous you know hires. I wouldn't say any of them are super um, eye opening at this point. But yeah, anybody have any thoughts in the moment? Um. This is. So this is about. Um, Coach hiring, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um. The the guy that the um I think it's the Dolphins hiring um does not look like an NFL head coach. Mike McDaniel, former yeah. offensive coordinator yeah, for the he looks, He's a yeah. He's a former Yale wide receiver, and he looks exactly like that. Yeah. Definitely. That guy <laughs> is like the most unintimidating head coach of all time. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll we'll see how that works out for the for the old uh, the Dolphins. But uh, was that? Yeah, I think that's what that's, that's how that's the Dolphins. Dolphin that's the noise that he. That's the noise that he made when he was hired. Isn't that crazy? I think he's just happy to not have to do Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I, well, I mean, he's well, moving from I Jimmy to Tua, to... so. Come on, are you are you seriously gonna say that Tua is worse than Jimmy? I'm not gonna say he's uh, better. Maybe, yeah, maybe he wants to uh, go no, for I, a, any any. I, I'll, okay, here I'll I'll say this. Say something nice about Tua. Um, new segment. Say yeah. something nice about Tua. He has a chance to be better. I would say he has upside to be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Whereas Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have any upside. So, that's uh That's what I'll I'll leave it at um as far as that goes but yeah like yeah good good point by josh mike mcdaniel recently hired uh not necessarily the most football guy looking guy we'll just say but um should be interesting to see yeah like once again like i talked about earlier jim harbaugh was potentially the leading contender for the vikings job but didn't didn't interview well yeah um i think the thought, the, 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 the story is that he thought that it was a done deal mm-hmm. and that he didn't really bring anything to the interview and mm-hmm. thought it was more of a formality. And they were, the, the Vikings were not thinking of it that way and they were very unimpressed. And so they took him out of uh, so Mike What was that, Josh? Like Will Arnett in the office. Just like Will Arnett in the office. That's, a, that, that's probably a pretty good comparison, honestly. Yeah, what were you gonna say, Taylor? Uh, any talk about where Urban Meyer is gonna go kick kickers um, now? Um, I'm sh- 
so I rumored this on the blog post that he might go to Auburn to fill their soon to be uh-huh. vacancy. They got some people that need to be kicked. Um, <laughs> but uh, to, to fired land. I don't, that's, that's pretty much it. Dab, 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 dab. Get wrecked. <laughs> yeah, he's, I think Brian Harson. yeah, might be, I mean, I think the rumor, oh, yeah. the, yeah, he, Big, 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 big uh, buyout for him. Remember, I wrote the I wrote a blog post about how they were winning their second consecutive national title in uh, dumbest, paying the most money for people to stop being their head coach. Yeah, that that was. So Auburn is is possibly going for a a run it back year. Yeah, yeah, it's true. when it comes to that. So, um, so yeah, that I, other than that, let's see. Might as well, well really quick because we we're. We're gonna go do. We'll do some two takes right after this. Um, really quick, what's the funniest team? Any level? Okay, I'll say college or pro. I won't. I won't drop it down to high school. College or pro? What's the funniest team uh, for Urban Meyer sense? to coach? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was like, where are you going? Like, yes. Team period. Like, funniest we, team for Urban Meyer to potentially coach? The Commanders, aka. <laughs> Washington football team, um, just because it would be kind of funny for him to be fired from the Jags for being an awful like person, then go to the embattled Washington football team franchise. So. The Commanders. That I, that that's another thing. That was another news that Washington the football team announced their new name, and it's like the most yeah kind of basic. Kind of, it's very basic. Kind of like yeah, I don't know. Like, how many names are there really that you could name a team nowadays that would be cool? I like the football yeah. team. I like, I also like the it's, football team. It's a hilarious meme. I liked, yeah. I know that this was a contender, Red Wolves. I think, I don't know if I liked Red um, Wolves, but something with Wolves was. I think, yeah. yeah. Like, like Washington Wolf Packs. Yeah. Like, That's I guess. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I was thinking, I mean, Wills fantasy football team was named the wolves for a while and they've just been awful so hey, i wouldn't hey. name a team that either will's team catching strays out here. well i mean nope, when you get fourth place for 50 years in a row sounds like a perfect name for the washington football you're team. right you're That's right true. let's see they are pretty much a- um, well no wait a minute there's still the giants there is so. still the giants <laughs> that's true um so. I was trying to think of a, a cooler name for the commanders. Uh, breaking news. Um, commandos. So with seven seconds left, Duke has a two-point lead. Wow. So uh, national championship back on. Ew, it's true. So um, one thing really quick before we get into our, our last segment, two takes. Uh, it's mock draft season. Um. Obviously, every every single time, as soon as college football gets done, it's mock draft season, which is let's all be dumb for five months season because, well, I shouldn't say for five months, but for like two to three months, there's a whole bunch of really dumb stuff. You know, it's everyone just kind of like throwing stuff up against the wall because like I'm always so amused. This is this is where I'm getting at. I'm always so amused when someone is like, OK, mock draft 1.0 and then they like eventually have like a 16.0 um i mean clearly it's it's 
it gets the views, it gets the clicks because they keep they doing keep it. it. Yeah. But it's always so funny to me that like you just have all these mock drafts. Um, and it's like, well, what's the point of a of mock draft 1.0 nine months before the draft actually happens? But it's worth talking about. Yeah, I mean, it's content. It's content. Um, it's I will okay, so I'll say this. It's fun to look back and see how things change mm-hmm. over over mm-hmm. the course of a year. Yeah. That is worthwhile, I would say. Because sometimes like you'll see these guys just come out of nowhere as like these really big time prospects or these guys that are, you know, so like literally like a year ago, Spencer Rattler was like thrown as number one overall pick. <laughs> like I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. Um, and now like in a very weak draft class, if he would have come out, he's not going to, but if he would have come out, uh, for the NFL this year, he's probably like the eighth or ninth best prospect. And like, isn't that, it's just like, it's crazy what can change over the course of a year. Um, so I will say that, like, I'll give it, I'll give it that. I'm just always amused by like, you know, mock draft 1.0, uh, for a draft that's going to happen in three and a half years, you know, but uh, nonetheless, I, uh, I had everyone take a look and I can, I can link this uh, mock draft uh, on the posts um, on the blog so that everyone else can, can follow along a little bit and just kind of see what we're talking about. But I had you guys take a look at this pro football focus mock draft. Can anyone just give me, give me a few thoughts on what you guys saw. Lindy at seven. Lindy? When you say Lindy? Yeah, Tyler Linderbaum. There you go. Okay. The real fans know. Yes, the, the real fans know. Tyler Linderbaum at seven. Do you remember what team they had him going to? Uh, yeah, the Giants. It was. It was the Giants. I'm proud of you. Um, and C.J. Beathard plays for the Jaguars. <clears throat> that, that's true. That's true. Um, this week, on why? this week's edition <laughs> of... Oh, I, yeah. Taylor knew a sport fact. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Uh, number seven. Yeah. Seventh overall pick, at least according to this mock draft for Iowa center, Tyler Linderbaum, which yeah. I don't know what, like what the, like, I don't know recently or in the last 10, 20 years, what center has been drafted higher than that. Uh, center is definitely not like a, a high draft pick. Um position uh typically in the nfl and so um a couple factors i would say working into that is tyler linderbaum is and he's been talked about i've heard this from several different uh outlets that he is kind of a generational talent prospect at the center position in that and then also this is a fairly weak draft class and so both of those working together Linderbaum could end up being one of the highest drafted centers in Ever. decades, possibly. Yeah. I don't, I, I'd have to do a little research to find out what, like, more recently, like, when centers have been drafted really highly, but I don't think anyone in recent memory, any center has been drafted nearly that high. And so, notable stuff, but yeah, good, uh, good catch. The Linderbaum, the Lindy. Yeah. Uh, as Iowa fans affectionately call him, uh, Remington Award winner. He sure is. Um, possibly landing in the top 10 uh, of this draft class and, and on this particular mock draft, seven to the Giants. Yeah. Any other notable uh, notable picks that you guys saw? Um. So for me, I'm going to do kind of a general and I'm going to 
focusing on like one or two picks. Um, overall, like at first, just looking through it, um, I wasn't super sure about most of the picks, but after I actually thought about each one individually, um, it made more and more sense why they went there and like how that actually works out really well for each prospect if it went this way. Um, one that I was not really sure about at all, um, going where it was, was Derek Seemley at two. I don't think he's that like that good of a player to be the second overall pick. Oh, like he's a good player. He he's obviously he's probably deserving a first round pick. Um, but I don't know, he just hasn't done enough over the last few years to like warrant a second overall pick, especially ahead of some of the um, players in this class. But yeah. like the other, and then the other pick I was thinking of was actually the one before it, um, Charles Cross up first overall. Um, I wasn't really sure about that one at first, but then I realized like the oh, Jags need a tackle. He's probably the most like pro ready of the three big ones of the class. Mm-hmm. At least I think he's actually, I could be wrong. Uh, so he's like probably the best pick for them because they have trouble because they need to build around so yeah so josh with that real quick give mm-hmm. me give me your ranking of those those top three tackle guys the um, top three prospects and how how give just give me your personal that not what order you think they'll go in but you personally what you think of them okay i would do evan neal ek mcclonu all charles cross yeah. Yeah. yeah I've seen, I mean, any of them could go like really anywhere. They're kind of about even, I would say. It's just that's not over. Yeah. From what I've seen, I think generally there's some debate. Just in, obviously. So, I, so this person, this PFF's mock draft, mm-hmm. I would say bucks the trend because I think in general, the the discussion is is it neil or Equanu as the the number one guy and then cross is usually anywhere from low you know like eight nine ten to possibly even mid-teens or even lower than that um so this one is this one's a little bit you know off the beaten trail in terms of where they they have cross evaluated now they still have um they still have neil going high and going in the top five um, Iquanu, I, I, from what I remember, I, I think that they had him going, let me check really quick. Oh, that was, it, did they have him at six? Yeah. Okay. So they still had him going pretty high. So, I mean, I think, so I think the, the big thing is, I think they're, uh, this year's tackle class is pretty deep and they have good players at the top as well. Um, I don't know if there's necessarily a Werfs or a, you know, somebody or, a, you know, maybe Sewell or Rayshon Slater necessarily. I don't know if they'll be that good right there's away. No Kenny Pryor in this draft class. Yeah, exactly. Um, or Kaden Proctor. I, I was uh, Kendrick Pryor, former Wisconsin wide receiver. Kendrick <laughs> <laughs> Pryor, elite, elite tackle talent. But. In this- yeah, I think, you know, I think in general, your big ticket positions when it comes to the draft are tackle, pass rusher, and quarterback. 
Um, this year's class has a couple higher tier pass rushers. Um, I think you you there's some debate as to exactly how good they are. Um, in, yeah, in Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau, and then Carl Loftus, also from Purdue, kind of hanging. He's most people have him as number three, but he's kind of hanging around in there in that group. Um, like to the point where I could, like, I would, I'll just throw it right now. I don't think, I don't know, I don't think this will happen, but I could see him potentially going ahead of one of those other two if a team really likes him. Um, but they have a, a lot of really solid tackles in this class, you know, some really some solid talent at the top, Neil and Aquanu. I did not think of Cross as being that type of that caliber of a player. Um, but I mean, at least, clearly PFF thinks pretty highly of him. And so we'll see. We'll see how things go as the, the combine and other things come around. But uh, deep at tackle, some solid, solid, I would say unspectacular uh, pass rushers, but they're still, I would say, amongst the most deserving. And then horrific quarterback class in general. I, I don't want to be like, I don't want to, because it's very, it'd be very easy for like, if one of them hits, I then, you know, saying that you look like a moron and stuff like that. Um, cause, and there's, I would say there's a decent chance that, yeah, maybe one of them does, you know, play pretty well in the NFL. Um, but especially compared to last season, like there is just an insane drop off in the, the quality of the quarterback prospects in this draft compared to last draft or even the, the few drafts preceding that. Um, and I think, I think that's pretty universally accepted. That doesn't mean that there won't be quarterbacks drafted highly because all it takes is one team to decide that they need a new quarterback and be aggressive about that. But um, that's kind of, that's kind of my general breakdown, at least as of right now um, of the, the big ticket um, positions other than that uh, deep receiver draft as well. Uh, we've had a, a few really good receiver drafts oh, lately. Uh, no, um, that would that would make it the the best receiver class I've ever seen. Um, because he's not at Iowa anymore. Right, That's exactly. Um, but uh, deep receiver class. Um, but the kind of one of the things that ends up happening is with these really deep receiving classes is um, teams, and I think this is a smart play. Is teams don't spend high picks on the receivers; they wait because chances are they'll still get a really good player in the second or third round, uh, usually the second round. Um, so fortunately for the, the Bears, they need a receiver um, potentially in this draft, and there are lots of potential really good options that will be around when they have their first in the second round. Uh, thanks, Ryan Pace. But it's okay. We have Justin Fields because of it. So I'm not – I'm not – I'm not I, – I, especially now in retrospect, I think – that was a very good decision because um, a the Bears needed a quarterback um, and they moved up to get the guy that they wanted. Um, and missing a first round pick in this draft, I don't want to be mean like or anything, is not that not as big of a deal as in other drafts. Um, I think this draft is actually pretty deep. Like there are a lot of really solid players once you get into like the second, third round range, but the top end talent in the in the draft is lacking, I would say. Um like 
not a very high like ceiling draft, but like a pretty good floor draft. Yeah, it, it, it'd be a good draft. And I, I think this has been rumored by just talking specifically about the Bears now. This would be a pretty solid draft to potentially trade back in, in uh, get more picks because uh, you'll get more shots at the kind of the middle of the draft, which is pretty solid. Like I would say good to maybe even a little bit better than good. Um, and you're all you're doing is sacrificing potential to draft guys at the top, which aren't that aren't necessarily as strong as other top top tier prospects in other drafts. So something to monitor. The Bears in particular have been horrendous when it comes lately, have been horrendous when it comes to asset and draft capital management and stuff like that. They trade up way too much. Um, but that whole regime is gone, and so it'll be interesting to see what the what Ryan Poles does instead. So it's not set up particularly well. They don't have a ton of draft picks in this draft, um, but they will be set next year. And hopefully, I would say hopefully they can they can load up on picks for next year's draft, which is probably going to be better than this one. So that's a lot of opinions that I just threw there. But uh, anybody else have any thoughts just draft wise on what we saw? In the, in that if I saw a miracle David Bell drops to the Bears, I would not have a problem. I would, I would, if the Bears had, if David Bell was on the board when the Bears had their pick, um, and it would kind of depend on what the trade options were, because if there were two or three good receiver options at that point, I would say, hey, maybe trade back, get another pick or two later in the draft, and then still get one of those those pass catchers but um if i i I'm, I'm a very big david bell fan um every single game i've ever watched him play he's destroyed the other team a lot of those games have been against iowa um so yeah um big david bell fan um but i think there there are a lot of really solid receivers in this class and so um I will say that it does set up decently well for the Bears because the positions that they need um, are, I would say at this point, they need cornerbacks, which I wouldn't say is super deep um, in this draft, but offensive linemen and receivers are both pretty deep in this draft class, and I would say the Bears need both of those. So we'll see. We'll see how it sets up. We'll we'll definitely talk about this more in the in the future, but I guess it's it's not a bad idea to kind of lay out what our general thoughts are before the real information starts coming in over the next couple months. So any other thoughts in the meantime? All right, sweet. If nothing else, why not pivot into a couple takes, everyone? Our weekly two couple. takes, just a couple. Uh, Will, could you cue us in with some music here? Uh, I, do not have, I do not have this queued up on my phone, but I'll hit y'all with the uh, wonderful two takes. Yeah. Yes. It, it gets better every week. It sure does. I think I was worse last week, but that's just me. I, I give you a solid 9.9 .9 out of 10 on that Ooh, two you, takes. You give, you give me a two out of two takes. Two. Oh, oh, oh. I like that one. Woo. I like that one. Just for that, Will, you can start us off. Oh, that's not fair. Come on. Um. Give us a couple takes, Will. Oh, this really makes me mad now. Um, oh, I remember the which one. What, which one I want? There's another one I was gonna go with first, but I'm gonna start with this one. Um, 
number one, we need more memes about the fact that um, there are so many players who are getting in trouble with the law in the NFL <laughs> because uh, I don't know. I just want to bring this up because I I think that's a great way to learn about information from the NFL is through memes. <laughs> like for example, I didn't know that Alvin Kamara got arrested until <laughs> I looked at I looked at my um, my Instagram and I follow a memes page and uh, it was it showed it was showing some highlights of of uh kobe and Shaq, and it was like uh this is what alvin Kamara and henry rugs like on the prison basketball team so I was like oh did alvin Kamara get um did alvin Kamara get in trouble with the law and it turns out he did so i think it's a fair way to learn about news in the nfl i think making jokes like that is kind of fun um, not great that yeah, they did those not. things. Alvin no. <laughs> not, not great that they did those things. We shouldn't be glorifying that at all. But it's just kind of funny and it's a fun way to learn about information. So yeah. Are you saying that like Adam Schefter should just like post like yes, like memes as a breaking yeah. news? Like no, actually not Adam Schefter because he's already memed himself. Oh, that's oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. get wrecked. Fired. Get wrecked, Adam Schefter. Yeah. They had a field, the mean people had a field day with that announcement fiasco. <laughs> That's um, funny. And my second take is that there will be a Big Ten champ or Big Ten champion in basketball this year for men's basketball. Whoa. Wow. Um, I think that Purdue, we talked about earlier, Purdue has a lot of a lot of really good players and they're a very, very deep team. I also think that uh, Illinois could get hot and run through. They have a very talented team. Um, and then there's like teams like Ohio State, they're kind of on the fringe, but they have really good player, a couple of really good players, or the player that's really good. So I think this is the year that they break the curse. Iowa. Uh, not Iowa. We have a really good player, but we also play consistently. We have Connor McCaffrey, but we also have. Could you imagine a team winning a national championship with have, Jordan Bohannon starting? We have Austin Cash as a scholarship player. So <laughs> I think, I don't think we have a chance. Um, but I think this is the year when there's some good teams, but the, the field is open enough to where, like, there's not, like, a, a clearly defined, like, favorite, like, kind of like there was last year with Gonzaga and Baylor. Um, but I think I think that's a, I think that's a, 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 a chance now for the Big Ten to end that job that's been going for about 20 years now. So. I like it. I like it. Good call. Taylor, why don't you give us a couple takes? Okay. I don't think this is a take that we've talked about yet on the pod, and if so... Georgia shouldn't be in the playoff. Um, I was going to say, if so, I just want you guys to rewind and think about that one. Okay. So, um, teams for all sports, I think, should go through relegation. Okay. So, in soccer, if your team is, like, the worst, you get bumped down a league, and you had to play with, like the JV teams. Yes. So I think that like, especially with all the movement that's been going on in the like football conferences, a lot of big 12 teams going other places, they should get bumped right back down to the big 12 when they inevitably stink. Like yeah. that, I think that would be hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a take. And then like, following that take yeah if they don't do well in the big 12 they should get bumped down into like a soccer league yeah they should they have get bumped to play into a football. different sport yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um 
all right that's it like that's... kansas you're you're playing curling this year yeah like <laughs> why are you hitting on our jayhawks uh lifelong, lifelong jayhawk yeah. yes sir. wrong chunk make me make squawk, squawk. Yeah. go for it uh second take uh this is a pro bowl take uh-huh. i think that for the combine they should just have to do the pro bowl skills challenges um okay which is kind of what the combine is like already but uh it's much more like meme worthy i would say like yeah. it's a lot goofier um i watched a little bit this weekend and during some of the passing drills like it doesn't you don't even have to be a quarterback to be a part of the passing drills like hunter renfro um was in Legend. passing drills yes yeah apparently a quarterback um formerly but no longer r.i.p hunter renfro um he plays a different position now <laughs> right you just said that <laughs> i don't know the way you made it you made it sound like he was no dead longer. well no longer true. with us hunter renfro um, like rust and powers who prints um he does yeah but anyway they there's like a bunch of robots i can't follow that up um <laughs> no a bunch of robots run around the field and they have to try and hit them you know and passing girls mm-hmm. hit them with the football mm-hmm. and uh yeah there's just a bunch of um almost Nickelodeon game show esque mm. challenges that yep. they do, and I think personally, I've never cared to watch the combine. That's pretty boring, but I don't know. Maybe they have to jump up and grab um, a bucket of slime, and it dumps on their head when they're doing like the vertical leap challenge. I yeah, mean, that that would be electric. spice it up a little. Yeah, spice it up a little bit. There you go. I know a few years ago. That's I don't. I don't know if they still do this. Um, a few years ago, they had a drone like have a like it was like it had like a ball attached uh-huh. to it and it flew up like 100 feet in the air and then it just dropped the ball and they had to try to catch it oh that's i don't think i don't think it was very hard for them probably not so i think it was jaquaski tart yeah <laughs> jaquiz is a name jaquiz rogers former bear hmm. bore down Amen. um i like it i like it yeah. um uh, a couple other oh. things that they could do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the drone hitting contest. Um, if you can hit the drone with your football as it's flying around, um, you, you have win. to pay for it. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd watch um, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you um, can pay for it because the, they'll wind up to draft you and they'll give you a good contract. Exactly, That's a yeah. good point. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> Oh, I'm just imagining like NFL front offices being like, did you see him hit that drone though? There's actually a drone for every team and whatever drone you can hit is the team that has to draft you. If you don't, if you don't hit any phenomenal television, just Just like like, next year, Spencer Petrus dropping back and all the teams just like losing it as soon as he throws to the Chiefs. Yeah. He like throws it. And then like all the, all, all 32 teams scream out, not us, not us. And then it's funny because uh, he uh, overshoots it by 40 yards. Yeah. Um, or throws it into the ground 10 yeah. feet in front of it. Or takes a 30-yard sack. Or he hits the Bears. And yeah. they have to play him instead of Justin Field. Bore down. Um, bore, bore, bore. I love it. So I'll go next. 
Mm-hmm. So my first take is also a Pro Bowl take. It's not the same take. No. Um, well, my take is so is a way to f- potentially fix the Pro Bowl. It's not a. This, and this this is serious. Okay. I just want to let let you know. Yeah. It's not, I'm not I'm not I'm not joking at all when I say this. Um. So the way for the the Pro Bowl was like absolutely pitiful this year. Like if you ever watch any of the clips, like it's always kind of a joke. But this year it was like. Even more. They add some two-hand touch like elements. I was gonna say to I it. saw a clip and they do two-hand touch. Yeah, I don't really know. I don't even know why they're wearing pads at that point. But um, way to potentially fix the Pro Bowl is they basically make it the Rising Stars Challenge that the NBA has. So the NBA, and this will happen in a few weeks. Um, the NBA does this thing where first and second year players like play like a, like their own all-star game, essentially, instead of, you know, they, they're not necessarily good enough to play in the real all-star game yet, but they have a lot of the youngest, the best youngest players, and, you know, first and second year players in the league, and they just kind of play their own all-star game. So it's kind of like a, a way for some of these young guys to kind of get their name on, you know, on the name out there a little bit. Um you know, as, as notable, like I always think of um, Kyrie Irving had a really fun performance in uh, the rising stars challenge, either his first or second year in the league. And like, I feel like that really catapulted him just in terms of like his notoriety and like the respect that he had. And so my thought is that the NFL should just do that where they just have first and second year players play in this game. I just feel like, you know, these younger guys, a, they don't have, as much money like on their contracts a lot of times um and so they're not they're not necessarily looking at um everything as like uh um especially especially i mean think of like the current pro bowlers these are guys that have huge contracts they've you know they're they're playing for super bowls they they've lived out a lot of the stuff in their nfl crew they've already wanted to do um and so the pro bowl is just like the last thing that they actually want to be doing. Whereas younger players, I feel like would have a lot more just internal incentive to show out, play really well, play hard to, you know, raise their stock, raise their profile as a player. And so that's my thought is just like skew it way younger also. And then on top of that, it helps like the fans of everyone in the NFL. If you're already a fan of the NFL, you already know, all the guys that are in the pro bowl most of the time, like that's how they get into the pro bowl is fan voting. And so if you, if you put it on the younger guys, then it helps just like the whole league to get to know some of these young up and coming stars better. And so that's my thought is like a way to fix the pro bowl because it's, it's a joke. Um, And like, honestly, you don't even have to do like a real football game. You could just like, at this point, you might as well just do like either like a seven on seven or a flag football game. Um, you know, so that so that you're 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 not you're not worried about the injury aspect of everything, um, if that's your concern. I mean, honestly, like I would say, just go for it, play like a normal game. But if you're concerned about the injury aspect, make it more into a you know into a, a less contact driven game, um, and let them go play. And and I think that would be fun for a lot of people, and it'd be more productive than the Pro Bowl, which is just an absolute like travesty. Um, to watch at this point i mean if you just like go and look up some of the clips from the game yesterday it is the farthest thing from actual football so that's my first take my second take 
is the Bulls are finals contenders. Counter take to Josh earlier this year. Um, the Bulls are finals contenders. And the reason why, and we'll talk about this probably more next week and just more because we'll go into more of a deep, I would say deep dive into the NBA because the trade deadline is this week. And so we'll have a lot better idea of what the rest of the season is going to look like after this week. But the Eastern Conference, a lot of the top tier teams in the Eastern Conference, at least the ones that everyone thought of going into the year, have been very shaky, whether it be from injuries or other things affecting them. And the Bulls also have been injured a ton. Um, I think that as constructed right now, I could definitely I could see them winning the East and going to the finals. I'm not saying I'm expecting them to win the championship, but I think the Eastern Conference, which is the one that the Bulls are in, is a lot more wide open than it was previously. And I think the Bulls are, are better than people tend to think they are. I mean, they've had a ton of injuries and they're still right at the top of the Eastern Conference and standings, which doesn't matter a ton, I would say. But the fact that they've been able to keep winning despite a ton of injury problems, um, I think that they're and it looks like right now, a few weeks before the playoffs start, they should be getting healthy, like and like all of their team is going to get healthy, including Patrick Williams, who's been out almost all year. Um, he might be coming back then too. So they might be stronger at the end of the, the regular season than they've been all year. Um, and it looks like a lot of these other teams are kind of falling apart at the seams a little bit. That's just my take. I, I think that they're legit. Like I don't expect them to win the championship by any means, but like, I think they're legitimate contenders in there. And I think people kind of write them off because they got televised in some national TV games when they were pretty depleted as a team and they played really good teams and lost to them. Um, and so I just, I think that people kind of wrote them off more than they should have. DeMar DeRozan is incredible. Zach Levine is very good. He's been having some injury problems lately. Um, they're very deep. They're just a fun team and they might even make some moves at the trade deadline that could make them an even stronger team this year. So that's my take. Um, yeah, if anybody has any thoughts, otherwise we'll hand it to Josh for his bull down. Bull down. Bull down. Ready? Go for it, Josh. All right. So I referenced both of my takes already in this podcast. All right. Um, the take is that Io Dusunu is the next Michael Horton. Um, he's been having a really good rookie year. If you haven't been paying in the NBA. Bull down. Um, yeah, he – I don't know. He was kind of underrated by everybody, including myself, coming out of college. And he's, I agree. in my opinion, the best rookie in the NBA at this point. Um, I think that's a little bit of a stretch, but he's definitely been one of the best rookies. Yeah, I, might, I might be a little bit biased as a Bulls fan. Well, as, as an unbiased Bulls fan, he's definitely been the best rookie, though. I agree. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I – I think if any player has potential to be Michael Gordon, I think it's Iowa. Um, and then my second take is that LSU is the furthest team from back in college football. Hmm. Um, and the one and only reason for that is Brian Kelly. Um, he's shown every single sign of a like um, big-minded coach where, like, they really think they're good in their own mind. Um, but then they get to game time, and 
their team goes three eight or three and not however many games in the first season and they get fired. So, so are you, I got, you think Brian Kelly is gonna get fired next year? Yep. I don't wow. know if I'd say he'll get fired after the first season, but well, I think he'll definitely not be a step up to any degree from Coach O. So yeah, that's that's my second take. Um, especially like with the way he's acting, like you could tell he thinks he's going to the turnouts. He went to Georgia. What uh what has he done specifically that you're referring to? Um so the first thing was he went in and he did his like southern accent. Um like the like the day the day after he got hired. Oh so fun. Which if a coach tries to like do anything like that, you can tell like run they're away. Not really and then um he did like some hype dance video with one of his potential recruits who ended up committing to a different school um like a week later so yeah. yeah he committed to alabama i'm pretty sure yep so so that's pretty much all going off of um but yeah you can you can tell he's probably like oh that's kind of probably like what he's probably acting like the whole time he's been um coach of the lsc tigers so. LSU not back. Not back. Fair enough. Anybody have anything else to add? I appreciate those. I appreciate the takes, everyone. Uh, Io Desumu, the next Michael Jordan. Um, I think that I don't. I don't. I don't think that that's hyperbolic or extreme or anything like that. I think that's a nice measured take. I think so. Uh, if nobody else has anything else to add, uh, I guess we can wrap up this this episode. Thank you, everybody who who's been listening for for tuning into Monday Night Live. Uh, we'll be back uh, again next Monday night, uh, and we'll be live yet again. Yo, you know what? Next Monday night is after the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. Wow, mm-hmm. you're get the Super Bowl post. Oh, good point. Really quick, rapid. Now that we're one week later, Super Bowl predictions. Who you got winning, Taylor? Uh, all of us, because I'm going to make some really good Super Bowl. All right, Josh, who you got winning? Um, off the bat, off the top of my head, I got the Bengals in a very close upset. All right, Will, who you got? Bears fans, because the Packers lost to the 49ers, ten to or thirteen to ten. People forget. People forget. Um, and then um, I've got um. The halftime show as the winner um, because uh, it might be the second year in a row that they have uh, some decent um, performances at halftime. Possibly uh, also really quick other winner, um, the censored sound um, in case, uh, I mean, it's Eminem and Kendrick Lamar and Dr. Dre. Um, If it's family friendly, it's probably they probably aren't even there. Yeah. <laughs> like so. Are you guys ready for a silent halftime show? Yeah. Yes. You're gonna you're gonna get half of a halftime show. You're gonna get a quarter time show. The introduction and yeah. then the clapping at the end. <laughs> yes. So uh still better than Shakira and J Lo. Oh, so we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. Uh yeah, with that. 
have a good week.